Amen. Would you stretch your hand this way and say, God bless Brother Huddleston. Praise the Lord. You can go ahead and be seated. Simple thought and a simple title tonight. Preach on you, preach to you for a little bit about a touch is not enough. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about the woman. We don't know her name. We don't know if she was married. We don't know if she had an occupation. We don't know what kind of money she had. We don't know much about her at all, but one thing we do know, she'd been sick a mighty long time. And if you'll allow me just a little bit, in my imagination, I can just imagine what it was like. This woman had been sick for 12 long years. The Bible says she'd spent all of her money on physicians. So that's telling me she didn't just go to one doctor and seeking help, seeking a touch, seeking some kind of relief, but she'd went to many. She might have went to the first doctor and he tried the first treatment and he just treated the symptom. Maybe it'd get better for a little while and then it would come right back. But then she'd hear of another doctor in a town not too far away. So she'd get there somehow. Spend more money to try what this doctor had to say. Maybe it would touch the condition for a little while, but it didn't last long. And a problem would come back worse than it ever was before. She'd done this for 12 long years. I can imagine she got mighty weary in her body. I can imagine she probably became very weak and maybe her body was bent. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. She had come to her rope's end when she finally heard that there was a man named Jesus coming to her town. She thought, I've heard stories. It can't hurt. But I need more than a touch. I'm going to need to be changed. You know, as she made up her mind to try to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, she didn't want him to lay hands on her. She didn't want him to speak to her. All she wanted to do was just touch the hem of his garment. But she knew that if she was going to have this change that she needed, that she was going to have to do a little work. So she began to push through the crowd. And you know what? The, the problem she had made her unclean to the Jews. And I can imagine as she pushed through the crowd, people realized who she was and they'd shove her aside. They'd say, get away from me, woman. She didn't let it discourage her because she had to have a change. She didn't, couldn't just have a touch. She had to be changed. She pushed through the crowd a little further. She may have tripped, stumbled, fallen. She may have ended up crawling the last little bit to Jesus. But when she got within reach where she could just reach up and touch the hem of His garment, she believed that if she could just touch the hem of His garment, that something was going to change. And when she did, she touched the hem of His garment, Jesus said, Who touched me? What a question to ask when you're in the middle of this huge crowd. I'm sure it was shoulder to shoulder. Everybody was bumping into each other. And the apostle looked at him and said, What do you mean who touched you? Look at this crowd. Are you crazy? And Jesus said, I felt virtue leave my body. Because somebody that had a little faith that needed more than just a touch, they needed a change. They fought for that change. And they're going to receive it today. 
And when he turned around, he saw her there. She said, Lord, it's me that touched you. He said, daughter, be a good faith. Good faith, for thy faith hath made thee whole. You know, I was knelt down praying a couple weeks ago, and I, and I find myself praying sometimes. I say, God, tonight in this service, God, touch hearts. God, touch minds. And it's like God spoke to me and said, a touch is not enough. It's not merely enough to be touched by the hand of God. You've got to be changed. You know, I think we find it really easy to pray and say, God, just please touch me tonight. I need a touch. You know, because for God to touch us, we don't have to do anything but just present ourselves there to God and say, God, touch me. And God, in His love and His mercy, He reaches down and He touches us. You know what? But a touch, a lot of times, is not something that lasts for a very long time. It's sort of like treating a chronic pain with a painkiller. It feels good for a little while, but before you know it, the problem's back. And you've got to ask God for a touch again. I say tonight, if, you're look, if you have problems in your life, don't ask God for a touch. Be willing to say, God, I need a change. God, I need a change in my life. I'm sick and tired of the situation I'm in. I'm sick and tired of not seeing you move, God. God, change me, God. Don't just touch me, but change me. But when we ask God for a change, we've got to be willing to do what He wants us to do. We've got to be willing to be able to make a change of our own so that God can change us. Just like when that potter, piece of pottery is set on that wheel, it's got to be pliable in the hand of the potter. For, for the potter to be able to change that piece of pottery, it's got to be soft. It's got to be pliable. It can't be hard and unyielding. When you want God to change your life, when you want God to work for you, you've got to be soft in His hands. You've got to respond to His touches. You've got to respond when He pushes here. When, he's, when He pulls there, you've got to respond and you've got to be willing. Neither, none of us here in this house tonight are where God wants us to be yet. We will be a work in progress till the day God calls us home. And only then... When God calls us home, will we be the vessel, the finished product that God wanted? When He's done with us, that's when He will call us home. You know, when we want revival, revival starts with us. We want things to change in this house. We want to see people delivered when they come to this altar. Instead of just being touched, we want to see them to be changed. Well, we've got to make a change. We've got to have a hunger in our hearts. We've got to say, God... I'm willing as a vessel in front of you, God, use me, change me, mold me, make me what you want me to be. And you know, I've, for too long, I've just, for too long we've come to church and it's just been the same old, same old. God, I'm ready for a change. I don't know about anybody else in this house tonight, but I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to see people come through those doors and be delivered at these altars. I'm ready to see people be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, there was, they've got revivals over in other places, and you hear people say, revival's not going to happen in America. I don't believe it because God has not changed. The Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He filled God, people with the Holy Ghost 40 years ago, He delivered people from different things. He'll still do it today. What has changed? God hasn't changed. We've been the ones that changed. And I'm ready to make a change for the better. I'm ready to see God do something. I'm ready to see God's church on fire with revival. And I'm ready 
to see him do a great work in this house. How about anybody else? Are you ready to see God do something in this house? Are you ready to see a change? Are you ready to make a change in your life that allow God to do a work in this house? If you're ready tonight, then why don't you make a commitment tonight down at this altar? God is here. God's ready and willing to make a change. God's ready to work in your life. God is standing outside the door to give us the revival. He's just waiting on us. What do you say tonight? Why don't we make up in our mind that we're ready for that change. We're ready for that revival. Let's quit holding God back and let's let him be what he needs to be. Let's let him give us the revival that he so desires to give us tonight. Oh God, I love you Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The only limit on the revival that God will give us is the extent of our hunger for revival. God will not give us that which we are not hungry for, that which we do not desire. So, well, Brother McCall, then how do I express my hunger? Amen. Hunger for revival is expressed in hours of prayer. Uh, yes, I said hours. Uh, hunger for revival uh, is expressed in days uh, of fasting. Uh, yes, I said days. Uh, amen. Hunger for revival uh, is expressed uh, in heartbreaking intercession uh, in the presence of God. Uh, hunger for revival uh, is expressed uh, on your face uh, in the presence of God saying Lord I will not be refused uh, I will not be turned aside uh, I will not settle for less uh, amen I will have revival uh, I'll see my family touched uh, I'll see my lost loved ones saved uh, I'll see my city changed uh, I'll see my church impacted uh, I will have uh, revival uh, brother Randy has ended tonight with an altar call uh, I'm asking the church uh, or the living God, uh, how hungry are you for revival? Uh, how hungry are you for a move of God? Uh, how hungry are you to see God do something real in your family? Uh, are you ready to settle and accept uh, business as usual? Uh, are you ready to settle for what we've always had? Uh, are you hungry enough to say, God, uh, whatever the price is, uh, whatever it costs me, Lord, I'm hungry.